again, everybody. Time once again for the Mainland Podcast. This is episode number 319, and I'm Michael Citro. I'm your I'm your host, basically, is what I am. I'm also the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com, which is SB Nation's website covering Orlando City, the Orlando Pride, OCB, and all things soccer-related in the city beautiful. My apologies at the beginning of the show. Um, you will find out I've got a, a nasty, scratchy throat, a little bit of a cough, so I'm trying to muddle through it as best I can. And, and here to help me do that is my co-host up in Tallahassee, David Rowe. Dave, how are you this week? Uh, well, better than you are. I do not have a uh, scratchy throat or anything like that, although uh, my my stepson does. So it's, it's, it's in the house. So I'm just trying to stay away and mitigate so that I don't end up like you. Well, no one wants to end up like me, <laughs> believe me. Uh, and, and you're off to a good start. You're hiding in the closet, I can see. Yes. Yes. Back in the closet this week. Kids are here in the closet. Kids not here. Not in the closet. Okay. I don't blame you for hiding. I would like to hide from my, my child sometimes as well. <laughs> um, all right. So we're here because there's news. Otherwise we wouldn't be here. No, we would not trying to go monthly. And, uh, you know, Orlando city just won't let us do that. They just have no chill, no chill at all. So let's get to the news of the week, and that involves players coming and players going. And I suppose we will start with the first part of that, which is the the, the we'll go in order, I guess, is the, is the way I'm trying to say this. And to go in order, we have to go back to the day that our last podcast dropped last Wednesday. And as we said, by the time that that dropped, Things would probably start to change, and of course they did, because Orlando City re-signed the Grinch. He is coming back to steal Christmas again this year. Adam Grinwis re-signed through the 2023 season. So Orlando City has a backup goalkeeper in Mason Staduhar and a third keeper in Adam Grinwis. We are still waiting to find out who the first team keeper will be. Yes, but at least, you know, two out of three ain't bad, as uh, Meatloaf said. So uh, we have that. And, and you know, you mentioned that the Grinch is back. Also, the Ginger Ninja, Grinny, and so many other things. He he is the, he, I think he probably has the most nicknames of anybody in Orlando City. So he has that distinction going for him, which is nice. Um, look, this is a, you know, you're, you're back up to your backup. This is your third keeper. Uh, he knows the... He knows the system. He knows the club. Uh, the fans love him. It's it's a good re-sign. Yeah. I meant to go back and find our uh, contribution, our musical contribution that we got sent to us. The Grinch is back. I didn't yeah. do that. I was I was negligent. So uh, maybe I will find it and, and add it to the end of this podcast when I do the audio editing. So I didn't have time to do that, but uh, since I'm not playing it now, you might hear it after the the sign-off at the end. So stick around is what we're saying. But good to have Grinny back, and uh, you know he's a good team guy. The guys like him, good locker room guy, and uh, looks like he's happy to collect a paycheck and help the help the team, and then you know be ready in case he's called upon uh, in in some capacity, whether that's in. Uh, you know, U.S. Open Cup play, or maybe has to go play a couple games for OCB or something. So um, Adam Grinwis is back. The club, Dave, also signed the 13th homegrown player in club history, and this is Fabian Loyola, midfielder. He was a guy that kind of really emerged in 2022, came out, through, out of the academy, signed a 
contract for the MLS Next Pro team and also played in the MLS Next All-Star game. And not only did that, but he was the most valuable player of that game. So clearly he's uh, a guy who's got a little bit of skill. He scored six goals to finish second on OCB, despite not, you know, not playing nearly as many games as some of his teammates. A kid with a ton of upside and not a surprise that he gets a homegrown deal. No, he played himself into the deal, which is, that's what you're hoping for. That's the entire purpose of the Academy and OCB. And all of it is to, is to generate that next generation of young player to bring up to the first team. And this is, this is just that, you know, how much playing time he's going to get this season or anything like that is, you know, (laughs) who knows, but, you know, he can always go play some more matches with OCB to keep, you know, going and, you know, maybe he does get on the field. Um, Midfield is uh as we're about to talk more about, is a uh, position of need at this point. Yeah, I think Loyola will be an OCB player this year. I, I don't know that he's ready to step up and uh, and take on the physicality of the first team yet, but you may see him dress for a few games. You may even see him get into a game late. Mm-hmm. Oscar Preha likes to reward those guys and give them a few minutes with the first team You know, late in games. Not that this team enjoys a nice lopsided lead very often, but (laughs) when they do, you know, these guys usually get an opportunity to get on the field. So good move. Always nice to keep signing those homegrown players. And and eventually one of these guys is going to come up and and absolutely kill it. Uh, So far, I guess Benji Michelle is probably the best example of, and Mason Stadohar. Those two are probably the best examples of success stories from the Academy so far, but, uh, you know they're waiting to to develop the pipeline and and hopefully you'll start seeing this this academy start to produce first team players regularly and and including some top players that's kind of the hope uh in and that's what every team strives to do but there's only a few teams that are really good at it right now in Ohio at, at Orlando City's trying to get to that high level well and the you know the more players that are able to make the first team at some point uh increases the you know, the quality that you're going to get down below because, you know, people are going to want to go to that academy because they're going to see that there is the pipeline, that there is the the possibility of, of making it in MLS and then maybe going further. Yeah. All right, let's move back to guys we think are going to play this year. Kyle Smith had a deal through 2023 when the club picked up his option year and that option year is gone. They ripped that sucker up and signed him to a new deal through 2023 with an option year for next year. I know there was some confusion on Facebook page. Why? I don't understand this move. Somebody wrote, well, basically, you kick the can on having to re-sign him now. You you don't have to worry about re-signing him for 2024. That's already done. If Kyle comes in, has a good year, does his, does his normal Kyle Smith things this year, they pick up the option. They don't have to worry about, you know, renegotiating at the end of the year. And Kyle probably gets a little something out of it in terms of a bump in pay. Uh, the other part of it is if if Kyle doesn't do Kyle Smith things, you don't have to pick up the option here. So there's really not much risk here. No, there's not. And this, you know, this is a this is recognition of a guy who is a team first player, will do whatever is asked of him, um, has stepped into multiple positions along the back line. Um, you know, he didn't have as good of a year this past season as he did the year before, but still, um, he is always ready and gives hundred percent whenever called upon and, and having that kind of guy on your team, that utility infielder uh, to use a baseball parlance is a, 
it's a good thing. It's something the clubs need, and Kyle is that guy for Orlando City. Absolutely. So El Soldado is back. Uh, the accountant is uh, is here to audit once again in MLS in 2023 and then potentially in 2024 as well. And that's up to the club. They uh, can bring him back just by basically signing some paperwork. <laughs> so yeah. uh, good to have Kyle back in the fold for at least another year and potentially two. And then today, Dave, as we record on Tuesday, the 6th of December, it's hard to believe it's December already, yeah. but here we are at the end of the year and player who had some, a little bit more trouble this year, getting on the field and getting regular minutes and had a, a very different role this year. Andres Perea just turned 22 a month ago and he really was used as the backup to Mauricio Pereira. And I don't know if it's just because they have similar last names, but uh, clearly that was, it was not something that worked out great. For Orlando City, I don't think that that's where Andres's skill set really is. Mm-hmm. He was traded today to the Philadelphia Union for a whole pile of Garber bucks, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in general allocation money. Now, I believe that's four hundred and then three fifty, four hundred in, in, in this year's uh, gam and three fifty in next year's gam. Potential for another hundred thousand in gam if certain incentives uh, in the deal are met. And the club retains a sell-on fee if the union sell him on to another team. So they get a percentage of that sale. Now, the thing is, I believe this is like the Sebas Mendes situation in that I think Perea would need to be re-signed at the end of 2023. And if he's not re-signed, I'm guessing Orlando is out that 2024 camp. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely are. And so, you know, you do the deal now um, for a guy who, like you said, hadn't seen the field as much. Um you do it early enough that you can get somebody else in, hopefully. Um, not necessarily to replace him, but maybe to replace, you know, a midfield position. And you get quite a bit of a Garber Bucks in return to be able to do something, either get a new player or pay somebody down, or maybe even bring back Pedro with some extra money. Yeah, it is absolutely uh, crazy when you think about when Oscar Pereja got here, because he hasn't been the coach that long. He's coached since 2020 season. And when he got here, he assembled a team. And when he assembled that team, he uh, he had a midfield. And now that midfield doesn't look that way anymore. That midfield has changed quite a bit. If you go back to that 2020 team, here's what your midfield looked like uh, back in 2020. You had Sebas Mendez, Mauricio Pereira, Junior Urso, Uri Rossell, Andres Perea, David Loera, Jordan Bender, and Joey Desart. Every one of those guys is gone except for Mauricio Pereira. <laughs> yes, that's, that's quite a bit of turnover. It really is. Now, you look at 2021, there was only one change from those two years, and that was that Raul Aguilera took the place of David Loera. Now, Raul's also gone. Yes, so he is. Then 2022 came along, and here's what you ended up with at the season. Cesar Araujo, who's still here. Mauricio, who's still here. Urso, who's gone, Wilder Cartagena, who's here, Andres Perea, who's gone, Jake Mulraney, who's here, and Joey Desart, who's gone. So, yeah, there's some there's some holes to fill in the midfield. They did sign Felipe Martins, who's going to be sort of, I guess, an Urso replacement. But I don't mm-hmm. really know if you know if they plan on using him nearly to that extent because he hasn't played that many minutes 
you know, he didn't play that many minutes for Austin. So I'm thinking he's more of an insurance policy. I don't know if that means Cartagena gets on the field more. I don't think Cartagena has the offensive sort of um, finishing touch that Urso had and Urso's finishing touch. I mean, he was a central midfielder, so it wasn't the best. Uh, you're going to need to find some more midfielders. Yes, you are, because um, obviously you've got uh, Mauricio Pereira out there, Cesar Arajo. Those guys are going to be starters. But after that, you know, Cartagena, Mulraney, mm, um, uh, those are not the guys. If you're trying to if you're trying to take this team to the next level, those are not the guys that you're going to want to be starting. Uh, or at the very least in Cartagena's respect, starting as much as Urso played, uh, because the Bear went forever and ever and ever and ever in every single game. Um, so that being said, there there's going to have to be more acquisitions, and we go back to the money that we got from uh, Andres Perea and whatever other moves they are doing, and hopefully we will see some new, maybe more exciting signings in the days to come. Maybe that infusion of Garber Bucks is enough to put the team over the top and pay Pedro. Ooh, that would be very nice and very important. Yeah. So anyway, there's uh, there's the news in terms of Orlando City. One one guy leaves, uh, two guys stay, and one guy is ostensibly new, but he really stays. He just changes classification in Fabian Loyola, and that's that's it. I mean, you got anything else from Orlando City this week? Not not as of yet. You know, I'm sure something will happen tomorrow because we're recording night. But uh, as of now, no. Yeah, we are in the busy season. There should be some more dominoes falling, you know, as we approach the drafts, um, both in, in MLS and NWSL, we're going to have more of this. And we have we do have some pride news this week, which we didn't last week. And uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. We'll talk a little bit about the World Cup, the U.S. men's national team. And we will get to our mailbag box. We're going to do all of that, Dave, right after this. And we're back, Dave, and it's time to talk about the Orlando Pride. Love talking about the Orlando Pride. Well, the Orlando Pride still do not have a an executive vice president and general manager. So does that mean that nothing's happened? No, things have happened, but they may not oh. be happening with the speed and urgency that you would maybe want them to. However, one important piece of business was concluded this week as the Pride have re-signed defender Kerry Lawrence for two years through the 2024 season. Kerry was, I think at points in this season, she was the best defender on the back line at times. And mm -hmm. uh, she's local. She's a, an Orlando product and a UCF, former UCF player. So it's good to have somebody local on the team and somebody who cares about the community and also somebody who played better than many of the players that she played with. Yeah. So this is very important because as you know, we've talked about on the podcast many times, uh, a lot of the uh, players on the pride are, are um, you know, they're not necessarily going to start at other clubs and, and the quality is not there, but you know, uh, Carrie Lawrence is one of those who did, as you say, actually play pretty good um i can't remember off the top of my head uh, i guess we gave her a six 
um, which is honestly uh, in the player reviews, that was one of the higher scores that we gave Pride players. So it might not sound like six out of 10 is good, but for the Pride last year, it was. Um, and, you know, being local um, and and having the versatility along the back line, that, that, that provides, it's kind of like a Kyle Smith, but a starter. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's good to have carry back in the fold. There's uh, four other players that um, have new contract offers from the pride that still need to be resigned. Two of them are defenders, uh, Celia and Courtney Peterson. So both of those are fullbacks and midfielders, Jordan Listro and Viviana Villacorta. Those are the players that have contract offers outstanding and need to be brought back into the fold. And out of those four, I'd say Villacorta is the only one who is really a necessity to sign. I think you can probably get away with, with replacing the others uh, and, and, and finding like for like replacements or upgrading, but via court is a young player with a lot of upside. And if she can just stay healthy, uh, she can help this team. This team was notably different after her injury, her ankle injury took her out for the rest of the season. Yeah, she's look, I mean, she was a, a high draft pick, uh, somebody that the, the pride really wanted, and unfortunately, like you mentioned, injuries have uh, plagued her time in Orlando City, but uh, or even prior to getting there. But anyway, it is a player that the Pride really need to get in there and have consistent minutes to provide that stability um, in the midfield. Despite you know being a younger player, she does have the skills to you know be a, a force in the midfield for the Pride in, in NWSL. Yeah, you could see flashes of the player that she could become in in the way she dribbled past players, uh, held held up play, and 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 kind of helped the teams calm down and control the midfield a little bit. When she wasn't out of there, there was a lot more helter skelter play in the midfield. So, Viacorta mm-hmm. needs to be resigned. Hint, hint, Orlando Pride. That would be one of those things that I would hope would happen. You know, tomorrow morning. Uh, you know, as we're speaking prior to the podcast dropping so that we look like idiots, but I'm, I would be happily, I would happily look like an idiot if it's her resigning. Uh, her resigning is not going to one way or the other, if she's resigned or not, either way, it's not going to affect how much we look like idiots. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> throwing that out there. Uh, but yeah, it would be nice to have her back and um, it would be a good Christmas present. You know, Christmas is coming and uh, yeah, Fans of the pride would like a present and that would be a good one. I agree. That's all I'm saying. All right. Uh, that was it. I mean, the pride haven't done a whole lot because well, the NWSL as a whole, there's not been a lot of news recently. Things are starting to pick up around the league. So I do expect a little more on that front in the coming weeks. There's five weeks until the draft. So yeah, if you don't know who you're re-signing and who you're not, it's going to affect how you draft. I mean, it would unless you're unless you're just dead set on best available player because we need players at every level, which is fine and it's fair. It's a fair way to approach it, uh, you know. But if you have seven defenders, do you really want to draft a defender? Uh, you know, if you have if you have a plethora of forwards, maybe a forward's not the way you go. If you don't have any forwards, maybe a forward is the way you want to go. I mean, there is something to the numbers that that probably goes into your, your choice, especially if you have two players that are pretty evenly rated on your draft board. So uh, some of these dominoes have to fall before 
draft day. And I expect that that will happen in the coming weeks before Christmas as they try to wrap things up and wrap up some business before the holidays. And then again, after New Year's Day, uh, but after New Year's Day, you've only got two weeks to get everything done before the draft. So, or not even two weeks, a little less than two weeks. So we will start seeing some more NWSL news. We will. And hopefully we'll see some news on the, uh, the hiring of the GM. That would be nice. I'm sure Seb Hines would like to know who his boss is. Yes, we would all like to know who Seb Hines' boss is going to be. Yes, exactly. All right. Uh, World Cup news. Dave, uh, the U.S. is done. Yes, they are. And it was disappointing, um, you know, for being perfectly honest. But, you know, they they, they got out of the group. Um, yeah, I, I won't even say that Netherlands handed them their butts because I thought that they overall played pretty well. They had some defensive breakdowns that ended up in the Netherlands getting the goals and, and the Netherlands were, uh, they were clinical on their finishes. Um, you know, they, they had few chances, but they made them count. Whereas the U S did not. And that was the difference in the game, but you know, U S did well in possession. I thought their passing was good. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good that we can take out of this world cup as far as the, the U S goes. Yeah, it was, you know, I was a, I was very proud of this team, a young team going over there and, you know, some problems, obviously not having some of the defenders you thought you would have for that, that trip. And, and, you know, there were issues at striker and, and so you, you kind of saw Greg take what he thought he had to, had to take and, and not take some of the players that maybe, other people thought he should take maybe like a Ricardo Pepe or a, a Jordan Payfock or whatever, but it was. And then again, Josh Sargent got hurt, so he couldn't play against the Dutch. And and really, I'd, you'd have to say the Dutch, the first Dutch goal was against the run of play. Um, the U.S. had probably the better of the play, certainly had more of the possession. They were passing well. They were generating some half chances, not too many really solid looks against a, a good Dutch defense. But they were doing what they needed to do. The problem was they they fell apart defensively a few times. There were a couple of reasons for it. I think the midfield wore itself out getting through the group. I think that Tyler Adams yeah. and Weston McKinney didn't look uh, fully, you know, energized in that game. Uh, and then that's that's from covering a lot of ground, and that's from from playing a lot of hard minutes in close games, tight games, very stressful. Uh, games where they were there was a lot of suffering in some of those games, but in this game, they there were a couple times that they they weren't able to keep their their motors high like they normally do, and and that goes down to depth. And this team does need to add to its depth before the next World Cup. I think they will do that. They got a good solid nucleus of starters, and that's a good start. Now you round out the roster better. You get more clinical finishers, whether that is something that Daryl DK can, can develop into for this team or Brandon Vasquez or, or somebody that we're not even aware of emerges or one of these guys like Pepe or Ferreira develop their game a little bit more, then you might have something. But in that game against the Dutch Ferreira didn't, he started, he didn't do much. He was kind of invisible. Haji Wright was nominally better, but I mean, he blew some opportunities, especially one with the goalkeeper out and mm -hmm took a monstrously heavy touch and uh, and and wasted an opportunity. Tim Weah was very wasteful with his opportunities in this game. 
the, the chances were there. The Dutch had four good chances. They put three of them in the net and, and the fullbacks also looked tired and not fully focused in this game. Uh, Anthony Robinson completely fell asleep when it was two one and, and the Americans were back in it. And that was a crushing goal to give up a third. Yeah. Well, like you say, I mean, uh, there was a lot of effort to get out of the group um, and a lot of really good play, in, including from, you know, Robinson, Wea, um, but mostly the midfield, the MMA, um, you know, McKinney, Musa, and Adams. Th- those three during the group stage played as good as probably any midfield out there, honestly. And given how young they are, um, that was really impressive. With, you know, looking forward, there's others that didn't make the roster that are out there that are possibilities, but there's also all the U teams. Um, so, you know, the U-17s, U-22, those guys, there are players in there that are winning things right now at their levels that, you know, four years from now or three years from now are going to be getting some looks and and they're going to have, there's another crop of youth coming up is what I'm getting at. And so you've got the current young team who some of whom are going to be in the prime of their career, Pulisic, McKenney, um, those guys, you know, they're all going to be 26, 27, 28. Um, and then you'll have a new group of young guys in that, that 20 to 23 range who can come in behind and provide, hopefully provide that depth that was missing before. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I, I, I'm like I say, disappointed, not upset. Like I'm, yeah. I'm very proud of the team. I'm disappointed that they went out, but I would have been disappointed, you know, if they went out, you know, one game before the final. I would have been disappointed if they lost the final. So, it, you know, I'm I'm overall with with a little distance after Saturday. I'm I'm feeling much better. Yeah. the The best thing about it was that they they stood toe to toe against some top sides. It was a difficult yeah. group to get out of, and and even against the Dutch, they stood tall. It wasn't like they were. 90 minutes of oh crap defending white knuckle defending like we've seen in previous world cups this was a team that took the fight to the other team and Mm -hmm. and controlled large portions of this game so you know the next phase is that in the next cycle these players are all going to reach their prime they're going to be at their best that they're ever going to be they're going to be at their best level and in the best form of their lives hopefully and uh, they will be able to take that next step and they will be playing against perhaps some teams that have to replenish and go younger themselves the next time out. So uh, I'm excited. And and also they'll be at home for the next world cup. So uh, yeah, very are. exciting times are ahead. It was always about fixing the team with an eye towards 2026 and anything that happened in 2022 uh, after getting out of the group was going to be just the icing on the cake. And, and, you know, it, unfortunately they got a rough matchup after a rough group and uh and the dutch could win this whole thing yeah no it's entirely possible i do want to mention um you know the one guy that uh probably won't be on the next one and that's reem uh came in having not played for i don't know how long but a while at least with the the u.s national team and he was he was the glue. He was a, a force on defense. He seemed to be everywhere he needed to be. And I, I thought he played, he played excellent. And that was a really good thing to say. Yeah. I thought that, you know, for, for not having your first choice back line, I, I thought bringing him in 
everybody kind of moaned about it, but we talked about it last week. He was not the problem on that back line. Um, mm-hmm. Very steady influence. And um, yeah, you're right. He's probably not going to be on the 2026 team. So uh, at least he got to experience getting through the group and, and having a good run in the world cup. So um, yeah, kudos to him. All right. Um, so now we just watch and, and, you know, root for chaos and root for underdogs like Morocco today. That was yeah. pretty special to see a team like that get through. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the world cup goes on and we're sadly running out of games, but uh, we will enjoy them while we have them. And then we will get ready for the next, which is uh, in our own country. So that's good. Absolutely. Dave, how would you feel about a mailbag box? Well, given that we weren't even necessarily going to be doing a uh, podcast, I love the mailbag box. Yeah. Even if we, if we were planning to do one, you still love the mailbag box. Oh, I, my love for the mailbag box is eternal. <laughs> it is. All right. Two ways you can ask us literally anything here on the mainland podcast. You don't have to limit it to Orlando city. You don't even have to limit it to soccer. We will give you an answer to your questions because we are licensed soothsayers. Yes. Uh, that's internet license, but still licensed. Yeah. We printed them out ourselves. They're very nice. Yes. Uh, so there's two ways you can ask us anything. And one is to email us at the mainland at gmail.com. And the other way is to hit us on Twitter at the mainland is our Twitter account. Use the hashtag ask TMLPC and we will answer. You ask, we answer. That's the deal that we make with you, the home listener. We do. We promise an answer. Not necessarily going to be correct or even, you know, coherent, but it'll be an answer. We'll get one. You will get our best effort at answering usually. Yeah, typically. We're going to start in the Gmail, Dave, and we've got a question from our good friend, David Victor, friend of the pod, guy who we met up with at the U.S. Open Cup final. And David Victor says, hello, Michael and Dave. And his first question is, How's your World Cup bracket looking? <laughs> uh, I don't know if anybody's World Cup bracket looks at all good because there has been so many things that have so many wild things. Um, I don't typically do brackets. I'm not a bracketology kind of guy. But uh, given, like I said, with gosh, so many teams, I mean, you know, Spain went out today. Uh, Freaking Germany's out. I mean, there's a lot of uh, traditional powerhouses that are are no longer in this. Um that uh it's 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 been a wild weird wild stuff my bracket looks perfect because yeah. i didn't fill it out it's pristine ah. i don't I, I like you i don't do brackets i used to i used to do all that stuff i used to do the college basketball ncaa tournament i used to do fantasy football and fantasy baseball and all that stuff and do you have any idea how much less stress I have in my life since I've quit doing all that stuff and how, how relaxed I am and how I don't have to care about things that I wouldn't ordinarily care about. It's been glorious. So I recommend giving up brackets and giving up fantasy sports. And I know people are, are that's like blasphemy to some people, but Hey, and, and even though I used to actually do very well and win money, I still feel so much less stress and I, I feel so much more zen now since i've given these things up i don't i don't bet on uh so i don't like doing those things because i don't like um 
potentially rooting against the teams I like because I got a guy on another team um, for the fancy stuff. So I, I just can't. I like my teams and I root for my teams and that's it. Um, the you know the closest thing I get to any kind of bracketology is when you know we do our predictions for matches. That's it. <laughs> that's all I do. Uh, David's second question is still looking at the favorites to win, or do you have an underdog like Morocco winning it? Uh, I don't have an underdog like Morocco winning it, um, but uh, that's, why a, that's why they're an underdog. Yeah, that's why they're an underdog. I, I, you know, like you mentioned earlier, I mean, Netherlands, I think, would be a, um, you know, I don't know that they were one of the favorites going in. Yeah, they're, you know, eighth in the world, and and yes, they're good. But I, I still think everybody was leaning more towards, you know, Brazil, Argentina, et cetera, France. Um, I, I no, I, I still, I'm, I'm of the opinion it's going to be one of those three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see it being chalk, uh, France, Brazil, Argentina. Um, those are probably the top teams although portugal also looked very very formidable england's Uh, looked okay too so yeah i think the england france winner is is in pretty good shape so uh we'll see who gets through that one but yeah i i I don't know uh i we appreciate the questions david victor we do even if we don't do brackets we do appreciate the questions so thank you for asking and be sure to get your question in for the next one yes yes please all right dave what do we got in the twitters We've got a friend of the pod and co-staff, mainland staffer, Ryan Smith, who says, what holiday brews are y'all sipping on? Any holiday advent beer challenges and or recommendations? Hmm. Well, I don't have any challenges going on or anything like that. I don't have an advent beer calendar. I did look for one. Um, And I haven't really gotten into the, the holiday brews just yet. One that I will certainly be on the lookout for if I can find it in my area is the Great Lakes Brewing uh, Christmas Ale. They always make a, a very nice product around this time of year. So that's what I'll be looking for. Yeah, I, I don't do advent calendars. I don't need a reason to have a beer a day. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I don't need that uh, that prompting. I'll do it anyway. I have uh, very recent. So uh, exciting news for us is Tallahassee finally got a total line. Um, I know. Yeah. Good news for us. Um, so uh, when I went there, um, I picked up, um, well, I was going to get some Sierra Nevada celebration, but they only had it in a 12 and I didn't want to buy a 12 and they didn't have it in a six for some reason. So I had to get it elsewhere, but I did get uh, Sierra Nevada celebration, uh, which is a fresh hop IPA. And then I also picked up on uh, the recommendation from a friend of mine, uh, Brooklyn Brewery's uh, Sledder's Choice IPA, which is a winter, a winter ale IPA. And um, both of those are are tasty, and I certainly recommend them. Like you, I'm going to pick up some other winter ales. I'll be making a trip back up to Total Wine um, uh, probably this week, pick up some other different things that I haven't had. We also have, we're really lucky, we got a place in town called The Beer Stop that actually has a massive variety of beer, like even greater than you can find at total wine. Um, yeah, they've got stuff you've never even thought to think of or hear of. So I'll, I'll often stop there as well, but uh, which is where that's where I got the, uh, celebration, but, um, yeah, yeah no, I, I, you know, I, I love me some, uh, some winter ales and, and different things like that. I'll also, I'll get some, you know, different types of porters and whatnot this time of year too, because mm-hmm. well, <laughs> You know, once the weather actually gets colder, yeah. um, 
it's a good time <laughs> of year for the the porters and the stouts and the barley wines. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. So, but yes, uh, Ryan, I have I have started, and you can have a recommendation on those two, and and maybe I'll uh, for the listeners, I'll tweet out some uh, whatever else I try over the next couple of weeks. I believe Ryan is uh, lives in a place where he can have access to Great Lakes Brewing beers. If he he can probably find them in his area. I can't get them this far south, but if I go up and visit my sister, the Total Wines there do have the the products from Great Lakes Brewing, which is one of my favorite breweries. So um, that, and then uh, I do like Southern Tier beers. Those are that's a good yep. brewery, and and uh, so I will look for products from them as well. Absolutely. Good question, Ryan. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That, uh, that does it for the mailbag box. I think Dave, I think you're right. Uh, I guess all that's left is uh predictions. Oh, wait, we don't have to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well that's good. Cause we're not good at it. Ah, we're not, you know what? We're, uh, we're scratch, <laughs> you know, we're, we're both about 50%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. That's fair enough. All right. Again, you can get your questions into us for the next show. It might be next week. It might be next month. But might be next year. <laughs> if it's next month, it's definitely next year. Yes, I know, but we could so, add that. Yeah. Are you the guy that on New Year's Eve tells people, hey, I'll see you next year? Well, I am a dad and thus required to tell dad jokes. Okay. I am. I am. I believe that's what the kids call cringe. Oh, they do. And they, <laughs> and they will actually cringe. Mm-hmm. And I love every bit of it. And... I feel that it's, it's my right and my duty. They don't really understand. I think at times that the, one of the simple joys in life that we get is embarrassing them. Exactly. That's that's. And, and from the time that they can be embarrassed until whenever they stop, I, (laughs) I'm just going to keep doing it. Yeah. Why not? All right. Two ways to ask us anything for that next show, whenever it may be email us at the mainland at gmail.com. Or hit us up on Twitter at the mainland is our Twitter account with the hashtag AskTMLPC. We would appreciate it. We also would love it if you would rate us and review us wherever you get this podcast. And if you do it at the Apple uh, podcast app, we'll read your five-star review on the air. And Dave, we got zero of them this week. So we're still stuck in a holding pattern we've been in since August. And I can only surmise that we don't have listeners who know how to access the Apple podcast app or press on a star level or uh, type a, a, a review. Uh, that's the only thing that makes sense because uh, since that time, and uh, the last one might've been around my birthday, but I know that your birthday's been since been then yes. and since then, and, and you got nothing. We've had several holidays with more holidays coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that we ask every time we do this. Mm-hmm. So I, it's a mystery. It really is a mystery. <laughs> this is when everyone hits the stop button and goes to their next <laughs> podcast in their queue. <laughs> so uh, that's probably so, a good explanation. Yeah, we, we would appreciate it if you would rate and review us. And again, if it's a five-star rating with a review, we'll read that review uh, from iTunes or the Apple podcast app, whatever you want to call that these days. We'll read it on the next show. So. So we would appreciate it. if you do that. It costs you nothing. It takes very, very little time, just a teeniest sliver of your day. 
and it makes a huge difference in the the way that the algorithm tells people about us or does not tell people about us. Yes, algorithms <laughs> they rule our lives. Yes, they do. So, Slave to the Algorithm, the new album by Skid Row. <laughs> <laughs> They're back, baby. They're out there. They're still out there. They don't have uh, Sebastian Bach fronting them, but they're still out there somewhere. These these are um these are words that only old people understand. Right. So kids, back in the day, there was this band called Skid Row. Yes. Uh, they were, at the time, the Youth Gone Wild. Which is funny enough, the same name as my cat. Your cat's name is Youth Gone Wild? No, Skid Row. Oh, okay. Well, my name is Citro. That's very similar. <laughs> yes. You are also a row. You are Sit Row. Yeah. Uh, that's enough of this. This, this show's done. The show's over. Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, I know that we always talk too long, but we have an opportunity to get out of here in under an hour. I think we should take it. We're taking it because that's it. That's all there is. You can find Dave on Twitter at Mainland Dave. You can find me at Mainland Michael and you can find the Mainland at the Mainland. So those are all of our Twitter handles. You can like us on Facebook. You can, again, read our stuff at the Mainland.com. You can subscribe to this podcast. You can rate it. You can review it. You can tell your friends about it, share it, send them episodes, force feed it to them, tie them down and, and literally force them to listen to this podcast. Play it for your date on your second date. Yeah. You will get married. Yeah. Probably that person. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. As far as we know, as far as we know, that's never failed. Never. Ryan, You know what? Ryan Smith can back us up on this. Yeah. We have the, we have the receipts. Yes. That'll do it. We'll be back next time. It might be next week. It will probably be next week because this is, again, a busy time of year with the holidays coming. Uh, teams like to get their get their houses in order before they take a little vacay. So uh, you will likely hear us again next week. But if you don't, it won't be too far down the road. And we will see you then. Until then, what we will do is what we do at the end of every show, which is to say, go city, go pride. <laughs>